Alright, welcome to Impact Studios. I am Brooks Lambeer. It's the tourney time for the men's soccer. And today we have top drawer soccer reporter J.R. Esselson with us. How's it going, J.R.? It's great. It's the most exciting time of the year for me. Oh, I know, right? It's it's good. It's it, How is it on the West Coast? It's snowing a lot here. We still have sun here. It's still 60s and 70s. Oh, I'm jealous, so, gosh. <laughs> on Monday at 1 p.m., we all, all of us found out, if we watched on, on NCAA.com, uh, who got in the tournament. There were 48 teams selected. We'll start, I guess, on the on the right side of the bracket here. Notre Dame is the one seed, and they'll play the winner of Ohio State and Akron, uh, two teams that played earlier this season, and Akron was the one that defeated Ohio State in the regular season. What do you make of this game? I feel like this game... Is Akron's really for the taking unless Ohio State comes out of nowhere and somehow wins? Yeah, I mean, Akron's kind of had the number of most of the Big Ten programs the last couple of years. There's a team built to possess the ball, and there's a team built to break down other teams. I think Akron's big struggle this year has been finding a forward who can consistently finish. I think for in terms of coaching, they're well-balanced enough to be able to handle Ohio State. I think as you guys seen in the Big Ten, Ohio State really does well in trying to catch teams on the break. And I think Akron could sort of handle that with the way they're built in terms of keeping the ball, in terms of keeping a good shape. So, so I, I think Akron's the favorite in this game, despite it being at Ohio State. I think Akron's going to win this game, but I think it's going to be really close. I want to be surprised to see this game go to overtime. Akron is 10-1 and one at home, so they'll be hosting because they have the better record and higher than the tourney, even though they're not ranked. You know, Michigan State played Akron well. Akron, you know, it was a close game. Michigan State just pulled it off earlier in East Lansing this year when they beat Akron 1-0. You know, who's really going to have to step up if Ohio State wants to win? Is it going to have to be the usual guys, Doyle, uh, Jen, uh, Danny Jensen, and whatnot? Yeah, and also their keeper, Alex Ivanoff, if I say his name wrong, I apologize. But I, I think they're going to have to call on him for... Uh, a couple of key saves in this game. I, I think they'll look at him as like the, the key figure as a senior and the goal to sort of lead this group, especially in this game. Mm-hmm. Well, for my pick, I have Akron winning that one. I think you picked that on on, when, on the article you wrote, I think, on the website. Did you pick Akron? Yeah, so I think Akron's going to take this one, too. Okay. All right, the next game we have, we have UNCW against Bucknell. UNCW uh, played a very good schedule. You know, they beat North Carolina 4-3. They beat Old Dominion 2-1. They tied James Madison, uh, who also James Madison tied Penn State earlier in the season. Uh, Bucknell's been very good, though. They beat Hartwick, who's in the tournament, probably the one of the lower RPI teams in the tournament, maybe not, if not the lowest, I believe. And then, you know, they only lost to Xavier 1-0. One, one 
Uh, they lost to Syracuse 4-1, but they were the Patriot League tourney champs. Uh, this game seems pretty close to me, but I kind of like UNCW in this just because of the teams they've beaten in the regular season. Yeah, I agree. I think Wilmington has a little bit more quality to the team, not to take anything away from Bucknell. They came out of a pretty tough conference, but Wilmington's played a little bit harder of a schedule, as you mentioned. They played the North Carolinas. They, they sized themselves up against it. And from what I've seen from UNCW, they're, they're able to score those goals on set pieces, which really become a key factor in the NCAA tournament because your opportunities to score are so limited because teams come in with a more defensive approach to a lot of these games. So you look at those teams that are capable of scoring on a set piece, they're capable of scoring for manufacturing one thing that they do really well. And I think UNCW really fits that bill. I think Bucknell might give them a little bit of trouble, but I think UNCW is definitely a, a step above the Bucknell team at this point. And then UNCW is 5-1-1 one, one at home. Bucknell struggles on the road, 3-5-1. and one. I have UNCW advancing in the next round to play Virginia, who would be the 16th seed overall in the tournament. Yeah, I, I'm the same way, and I think that would be a really good game, too. Then we move down the list. We have the number 9 Syracuse Orangemen, who are waiting to see who they'll play between Hartwick and Penn State. I feel like this is an easy one of the of the uh, tournament, probably the easiest one to pick. Hartwick, RPI, number 169. Penn State, number 19 RPI. 6-9-4 Hartwick, 12-5-1 Penn State. I, Penn State, I think, seems e- easily wins this game. Two, three goals, would you say? Yeah, I agree. I, I think the important thing for Penn State in this game is just to get their offense rolling again, to get Carm Maloney scoring a couple of goals, to build some confidence. I, I, I don't think Hartwick's going to be much of a challenge for them, but I, I think Penn State needs to just work on making sure they have a little bit of confidence rolling for that next round game. Is this a blessing for Penn State? Because that Syracuse team is very good that they'll, that they'll play the next round if they win. Yeah, I mean, this bra- this side of the bracket just seems tough. I mean, it's, it's weird to see three ACC teams put in, like, the same little region. So I, I think Penn State got a nice blessing for their first round game. But, man, it's going to get pretty difficult after this. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, and then if we move down the bracket, we have Old Dominion and St. Francis Brooklyn. They will play Georgetown, the number eight overall seed, in the next round. Old Dominion, uh, number 24 RPI. 12, 6, and 1 overall. They were Conference USA tourney champs. St. Francis, Brooklyn, 11, 5, 4, the, uh, 132 RPI, but they were the Northeast Conference tourney champs. They didn't play as many good teams as Old Dominion, but is this game closer than it actually looks, or is Old Dominion just the overall better team? I, I think at this point, Old Dominion's in really good form. I, they beat some really good teams over the last few weeks. So uh, at this point, I think Old Dominion's just a little bit better than St. Francis Brooklyn. I, I think on paper it looks a little bit of a disadvantage to St. Francis Brooklyn. I think St. Francis Brooklyn could make this a close contest, but Old Dominion, it's just they're beating good teams right now. They just beat New Mexico, Charlotte, and South Carolina to win the Conference USA Championship, and that's a pretty tough trio of games to play. So I, I think Old Dominion's in a fine form, and they'll be able to hopefully continue that into the NCAA tournament. But St. Francis Brooklyn's a decent side, and they could put up a test, but I think Old, Old Dominion's definitely the favorite here. Yeah, New Mexico made it to the Final Four last year, and then we have Charlotte this year, who comes in as the number 10 overall seed. So they did they did win some key games to 
win the Conference USA Tournament. Yeah, mm-hmm. and Sidney Riviera, the Old Dominion forward, I think he has like seven goals in the last five games or so, and mm-hmm. it's just it's, it's an incredible hot streak he's on. So I think he's one of the players to watch in the NCAA tournament at this point. And then we'll move down the bracket. The number five seed overall, Indiana, uh, 12, 4, and 5, is awaiting the winner of the Monmouth-Xavier game. Is this game actually closer than it looks? I mean, Monmouth hasn't really played a lot of people. They have a number 63 RPI. They're 11, 6, and 3 overall. Xavier, 13, 5, and 2 with an 18 RPI. You know, uh, Xavier's played teams like Kentucky, who they lost to. They beat Bucknell. They tied and lost to Providence, who's who has a who I believe is the number eleven all love number eleven overall seed, and then they played a good Creighton team who was in the top fifteen for most of the the season in RPI and and the coaches poll, and then they lost and beat Georgetown. Is this going to be a closer game or is it Xavier's to lose? I think this is going to be a really close game. I think, like you mentioned about Mama's schedule, it wasn't very good. There, there's no taking away from that, but. There's a lot of talent on that roster. There's a lot of players who have experience at youth national team level who have kind of fallen off the radar. I'm talking about players like Dom Starley, who's been who's at third college now and he's playing for Monmouth. And they have quality on the field. Maybe you didn't see it in as many games as you would have thought this year, but they do have quality on the field. And I think both these teams are really good. Like these these are teams that are going to give Indiana trouble in the next round. I'm not saying either teams are going to beat Indiana, but I think they'll give Indiana trouble. I think this is going to be a really close game. And then moving down the bracket, we have an interesting matchup with teams of the same record, Oregon State and Denver. They're both 11-7-1. Oregon State, coming out of a very difficult Pac-12 conference, they played a lot of good teams, obviously because the the Pac-12 was so, the conference was so good this year, and there are teams with such high, high RPIs. They didn't have any really big out-of-conference wins I saw for Oregon State, but Denver, on the other hand, number 88 RPI, UC Irvine, they beat lost to UC Irvine. They beat Oakland University. They're the Summit League tourney champs. Oregon State, I saw, the, I think, between them and Cal in the two games, they outscored Cal 10-5. to Like, they won 6-2 at one time, and then I think it was 4-3. That, that's, that's amazing. I, that's a lot of goals between two teams in two games. So is this an easy one for Oregon State, or is Denver a team that they need to watch out for? I don't know if it's an easy one, but I think Oregon State's going to win this one. I think the difference here being Oregon State's attack is just a little bit sharper and a little bit better than Denver. But Denver has talent. Denver has players who can compete at a Pac-12 level and who can give Oregon State trouble. I think, as you've mentioned, Oregon State's defense is a little bit of a question mark. I mean, Oregon State leaks in goals. That's, that's pretty much how it goes. But Oregon State's going to score goals, too. So. If you're looking for a shootout from the first round, it's probably going to be this game. Unless Denver has their way and they park the bus and frustrate Oregon State, that's pretty much the best-case scenario for Denver. If they can keep it close early and keep Oregon State off the scoreboard, they might have a good chance at winning this game on the road. And then the winner of that game would play the number 12 overall seed, Creighton. And then moving down, uh, we have the number 13 overall seed, Louisville, 10-7-3. and They're waiting to play the winner of Tulsa and St. Louis. St. Louis is very good this year. They're ten and zero at home. They're thirteen four and two. They've played some very good teams. They beat Louisville earlier in the season one now. They beat Tulsa one now. Oh yeah, and that's his thing too. These two teams played in the regular season. They beat Creighton. They did lose to Indiana three one, and they lost to Fordham two one. But Tulsa hasn't. Tulsa beat Virginia one zero, and they tied Creighton one one, and they played Akron. I mean, this is a very close game to me. 
But I would imagine St. Louis has the advantage just because they're 10 to no at home. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree the same way. And like you said, these are two good teams. And I think St. Louis, the only reason they don't have a seed right now is because Fordham ended up winning the Atlantic 10. And it kind of took a knock on everyone in the Atlantic 10 to see one of those underdog teams come away with the conference championship. And I think that's the reason why St. Louis is playing in this round instead of getting the bye into the second round. And like you said, I think St. Louis is going to come out with a win here, but I think this will be an exciting game with a little bit more quality than you expect from the first round fixtures. Okay. And then moving down to the final game uh, in the bracket down here, uh, we have Wake Forest and UMBC, and they'll play Maryland the next round, the number four overall seed and Big Ten tournament champ and Big Ten regular season champ. This team, this this game seems very interesting to me as well. Wake Forest, you know, nine four zero at home, ten seven and one overall, one three and one away, thirty one RPI. Uh, UMBC fifty RPI. Uh, UMBC not the strongest schedule. Tie Maryland. 0-0, and I believe that was at Maryland, and then they lost to UNLV, but they were the American East tourney champs. But then you have Wake Forest, who've played a numerous amount of teams that are very good. They lose to UCLA 3-0, uh, 3-1, they lost to Cal 4-1, then not to mention the ACC schedule playing Clemson, Syracuse, Virginia, then Mick Charlotte in there, and Akron, then Louisville. Is this Wake Forest to lose, or is UMBC going to hang in there and maybe cause an upset? I actually like UMBC in this game. I think the main reason I like UMBC is the veteran leadership of the group. I think UMBC had quite a bit of experience last year in going to the tournament. They sort of saw what the level's like, and they have a good center back, and they have a good forward, and sometimes that's all you need in these situations. I'm not necessarily confident in the way Wake Forest is built. They're, They're built as a finesse team, and I'm not entirely convinced their finesse style is able to handle the more physical play that you'll see in the NCAA tournament. I think UMBC is going to end up taking this one, but Wake Forest is fun to watch, but I just don't, I'm just not necessarily convinced that they'll have what it takes to win this game. All right, so in my next round for that side of the bracket, I have Notre Dame, Akron, UNCW, Virginia, Syracuse, Penn State, Old Dominion, Georgetown, Indiana, Xavier, Oregon State, Creighton, Louisville, St. Louis, and Wake Forest, Maryland. What do you have? I have pretty much the same except I have UMBC instead of Wake Forest. Okay, all right. Good to know we're on a similar page here. Then let's move to the other side of the bracket. We'll start at the top here. Michigan State, the number three seed overall, 11-4-5. They are awaiting the winner of Oakland University and Kentucky. Oakland University ends up winning the Horizon League and... They beat Michigan State during the regular season 2-0. They beat Ohio State 1-0. Both of those were at home. But Kentucky and Conference USA with a 32 RPI, they're not a they're not a bad team. They played Indiana, lost to Indiana. They win in South Bend against a very good Notre Dame team. They beat Xavier. Tied Furman, lost to Louisville. I mean, they've played some really good teams here. Is Kentucky the favorite, obviously, because they're at home as well? Yeah, it, it's really tempting to take Oakland as like the underdog that could make something happen here. They have a good keeper. They have a decent defense. They've already put up some big wins, as you mentioned, the Michigan State win. But Kentucky has quite a bit of quality, too. The only pause with Kentucky is they're coming off back-to-back losses to enter the NCAA tournament. And it, so, some things, it, sometimes it's just hard to find that winning streak again. So 
I mean, it, there might be something to this game. It might be a little bit of a weird game. Oakland might be able to bunker and just sit back and then try to take the punches from Kentucky. But I think Kentucky has a little bit too much quality for Oakland. I think Kentucky's going to take this one. I mean, I think for Oakland to win, Joey Tinian has to play well, and then Mellers Blair has to get in the mix as well. Yeah, I think Oakland's going to need pretty much perfect contributions for most of their role players. Uh, then moving down, uh, we'll have UAB and Furman. UAB eleven seven and one. Uh, Furman twelve five and three. Uh, UAB number thirty RPI played Virginia, lost two one, beat Coastal Carolina, lost to Akron. They've played Kentucky, Charlotte, Old Dominion. Then you have Furman, who tied James Madison, tied Kentucky, but they're the SoCon tourney champs. Uh, is Furman a team to watch out for? Or is just UAB has just played better teams and are just better prepared. Uh, UAB's played better teams, and they should be better prepared. But the thing about UAB is they want an open game. They they want the game to be wide open, where teams are going back and forth, are flying all over the field. There's chances at both ends. And Furman doesn't get sucked into those types of games. Furman can sit back. They can withhandle pressure. They they can just wait for their opportunities to score on set pieces, score on long throws, or score in any other way possible. So. I think Furman's going to frustrate UAB in this game, but I think UAB's going to end up taking it because they're at home and they have that play advantage of playing at home. And the winner between UAB and Furman would play Washington, who's 12-5-1, and they're the number 14 overall seed in the tournament. Now moving down, we have Providence at the number 11 overall seed, 13-4-2. They're waiting to play the winner of Fordham and Dartmouth. And these two teams played earlier in the season with Dartmouth winning 2-0. You know, Dartmouth played Notre Dame, lost 4-1, lost 1-0 to Indiana, Ivy League champs. You know, Fordham's played St. Louis and Dartmouth, but they have a 106 RPI. I just feel like this is Dartmouth's game. I feel like Dartmouth is a very good team this year and a team you need to watch out for. Yeah, I agree. I, I think the Ivy League didn't get enough credit this year. I think Dartmouth and Princeton should have been in the tournament. I mm-hmm. think Princeton had the, one of the biggest complaints about not making it, but <laughs> I think Dartmouth's going to make a little bit of noise for the Ivy League and the and the NCAA tournament. I think Fordham, for for their credit, just making it this far is a huge shock. After entering their own conference tournament below 500 and needing to win every single game to make the tournament, that's a lot of credit it takes for a team. But I think they've run into a quality team at this stage, and I think this is going to be the end of the line for them. Then moving down, we have an interesting matchup between UC Irvine and UNLV. These two teams played earlier earlier in the season. UC Irvine 14-5-3, 15-4-2 UNLV. UC Irvine, number 16 RPI, beating Denver, beating Clemson, tying Georgetown, winning 4-2 over UNLV, playing Cal State Fullerton, who made the tournament as well. Is this going to be a closer game than it is, or is UC Irvine, just like they showed during the regular season, just the more dominant team? I think this is going to be close. I I think Irvine hasn't played well in a while, and whether that's due to injuries to their midfielders or injuries to other key pieces on that team, you just haven't seen the same sort of style they showed earlier this year when they were rolling through teams like UNLV. And I, I think that's going to be the issue here. It's like which team for UC Irvine shows up. I, I think UNLV has the potential to make this a decent game, but if Irvine's on form and could play at the level they're capable of, I think they'd have an easy way of this. But I think it's going to be close, but I think Irvine's probably got the slight edge in the end. And the winner of that game would play the number six overall seed, Stanford, who's 13-2-3. So moving down, Clemson, the number seven overall seed, is awaiting the game between FGCU and Coastal Carolina. 
I feel like this is Coastal Carolina's to take. FGCU, 8-6-5, and 2-5 and 1 away, 119 RPI. And they played Washington tough. They lost 1-0, lost 2-1 to Louisville. They're Atlantic Sun tourney champs. But I just feel like Coastal Carolina's played the stronger schedule and just are the better team. I agree with that, but uh, Florida Gulf Coast is credit. I believe the Washington coach said something along the line, but that was the most difficult team that his team played out of conference this season. Mm. I, there, there's, there's quality there with Florida Gulf Coast, and they have potential to knock the ball around and potential to put, make a team uncomfortable with how they play, but Coastal Carolina is very well coached, and they do have a ton of talent. I think I mentioned this in the article, but for the last two years, they've made it to the round of 16, and not many people expect that out of a program like Coastal Carolina, but each year they seem to produce a really good team that can knock off a few teams in the NCAA tournament. And then moving down, North Carolina, James Madison. Um, I'm just going to say ACC over James over uh, James <laughs> Madison. I, you have yeah. to pick the Tar Heels, I feel like. Yeah, but I almost feel like this is going to be a close game. Like it, it doesn't feel like the Tar Heels are clicking at the level they should be on the attack, and it feels like they'll just leave James Madison in this game and then either end up scoring a goal late, scoring a goal in overtime, or taking a penalty kick. I really feel like this is going to be a low-scoring close game. Yeah, I guess don't un- underestimate James Madison. Tying Penn State, tied Furman, lost to Virginia 2-1. I mean, I can see where you're saying that this could be a possible upset. Yeah, I mean, they're keeping it close with those results against tough teams, and North Carolina hasn't exactly showed potential in the attack recently to score a lot of goals, so I feel like both these teams are sort of setting up for a close game. And then the winner of that game will play the number 10 overall seed, Charlotte. Then moving down, California, the number 15 overall seed out of that tough Pac-12. They're awaiting SIU Edwardsville and Northwestern. It's on Northwestern's turf uh, right by the good old lake, so I feel like Northwestern just has that you know, home field advantage, and they know how to play in that weather with the wind and the snow and whatever it's going to be later today. I feel like Northwestern easily wins that one. Yeah. Um, Edwardsville is an interesting story. Their coach left the program, I believe it was two weeks before the season started. So it's kind of incredible they ended up in the NCAA tournament because they ended up playing their conference tournament. But playing at Northwestern is a huge hurdle to make it over. I don't see them doing it. And then final match of the first round on the right side of the bracket are San Diego 10-5-4 against Cal State Fullerton 10-7-6 and they'll play the number two overall seed uh, UCLA. These two teams played earlier in the season and they tied 0-0. Both have 10 wins as I said. San Diego 55 RPI, Cal State Fullerton 56 RPI. This seemed like a very close game but who's who's the better team here? Uh, I like San Diego a lot. Uh, I think Fullerton has kind of maxed out their potential. They have a first-year coach there who did an amazing job in the Big West tournament to get them into the NCAA tournament. But I feel like San Diego's proven a little bit more over the past couple of months in terms of what they've shown in the West Coast Conference to win that league, which is pretty difficult, and to earn that automatic invite. I think San Diego has a few more seniors who are capable of stepping up in this game, and I also think home field advantage is going to be huge in this game. When you get the San Diego fans to turn up like they did earlier this season against UCLA, yes. you can make a huge swing. So I, I think San Diego's going to be the favorite here, and I think they'll end up winning it. Okay, so I have Michigan State playing Kentucky, Furman against Washington, Providence, Dartmouth, UC Irvine, Stanford, Clemson, Coastal Carolina, UNC, Charlotte, California, Northwestern, and San Diego, UCLA. 
So my only change is UAB beats Furman. Okay. All right. So we're a little different on for one for one game on both sides. Okay. Yep. So going into the next round, going so this will be the second round. Instead of going through all the games, which games look very intriguing to you where there could be an upset? UCLA San Diego intrigued me just because we saw that game earlier this year and San Diego snuck out there with a win. And this UCLA team's a little bit different from that team that played that the San Diego team earlier because they've gotten better. They've gotten some of their players back, some of the players have returned from injuries. But San Diego sort of built like a team that can upset UCLA. They can sit back, they can absorb pressure, they can let UCLA have the ball, and they can force UCLA to be a little more creative and breaking them down. I mean, UCLA hasn't shown much in the NCAA tournament in the past few years. And I look at UCLA and I think they're the favorite to win at all. But I think San Diego, I think the draw that they got is a little bit difficult. I think San Diego can be a challenge. I think whoever they meet in the third round can be a challenge as well. So that's one of the games I'm kind of looking at for the second round. I also think that the Creighton game could be interesting too, depending on who emerges from Oregon State, Denver. But if it is Oregon State, I think Kiri Shelton, the Oregon State senior forward, who's going to be a name you hear a lot at the MLS level, could give that Creighton defense trouble. I think that could be another one that could be on upset watch in terms of the second round matchups. I think was it you that mentioned it, or maybe it was Will Par- Parchment uh, about Notre Dame Akron? I think Will mentioned that. And do you agree with that? That it could be an upset. I think Notre Dame cleared the hurdle of the postseason blues last year. I think Notre Dame had three or four years where they were game bounced early in the tournament, and it was kind of a mentality thing they had to go over. I I think Akron has quality on this team, but I think they struggle in terms of finishing chances. And when you play against a team like Notre Dame, you really have to be efficient and proud of the goal. Notre Dame isn't going to give you many chances, so... You have to put those chances away. I, I think Notre Dame is well built in terms of a postseason run. I don't think they're a favorite to win at all, but I think they're built well enough to take care of Akron, which I think is one or two years away from really being able to get them for a title again. And then, since we're in Big Ten country here, the Big Ten teams we said would advance were Syracuse, Penn State, uh, Michigan State, Kentucky, Northwestern, Cal, Maryland would play Wake Forest, and then Indiana would play. Xavier, of those Big Ten teams, which team should be on upset alert? I mean, that's tough. Uh, I Michigan State's draw is tough. I mean, I know they're the number three seed, but that Kentucky team's good. And even if Oakland comes out, that uh, Oakland already has that confidence that they can knock off Michigan State. So either team that comes out there is going to give some trouble to Michigan State. I think when you see Michigan State play, the best I've seen them play is when they play against Maryland. But the unfortunate part for Michigan State is that there's not many teams out there that play close to Maryland style. So it's tough for them to match up with some of these other teams, especially some of these other teams that make it a little bit harder on Michigan State to break them down. I don't think Michigan State's going to lose that game, but in terms of the Big Ten teams that are seeded that might be on upset watch, I think Maryland probably has the easiest chance at moving on. I think Indiana's probably going to have a little bit of a hard time in their second-round game, and I think Michigan State might have a little bit of trouble in their second-round game. And the two teams that aren't seeded, Northwestern and Penn State, I, I like both of their chances against the teams they're playing. I think Penn State's got struggle a little bit more because Syracuse is a very good team, but I think Northwestern has a really good shot at playing, at playing close against California and maybe even taking that game on the road because Northwestern is built defensively. They're built to 
defend their belt with a very good goalkeeper. And California has shown this year that they're suspect to giving up goals at any opportunity. But they also know how to score. So if you're able to shut down California, you're able to get a goal on them, things can happen, and you can pull off that upset on the road. Then going into the third round, I'll read off my, who I have advancing. So between Notre Dame-Akron, I have Notre Dame. For UNCW and Virginia, I have Virginia. I have Syracuse beating Penn State. Georgetown beating Old Dominion. Indiana over, over Xavier. I picked, for, just because of the of the scoring ability of Oregon State, I picked Oregon State upsetting Creighton. And then I picked St. Louis over Louisville. And then I picked Maryland over Wake Forest. I really had no upset. <laughs> I really have all the seeds moving on at that point. I mean, I, I, I think the home field advantage is going to play a huge role in the second round. I, I, I think I, I love Oregon State. I love the way they play. I'm glad they're out there. But I feel like going into Omaha is one of the toughest places to go into. I think if you're playing that game anywhere else in the country, especially in a warm climate, I'd give Oregon State the advantage. But I think Creighton is just too well-built to play on their own home field turf for Oregon State to knock them off in that situation. And then on the right side of the bracket, I have Michigan State beating Kentucky. I have Washington over Furman. I have Dartmouth beating Providence, Stanford over UC Irvine, Clemson beating Coastal Carolina, UNC over Charlotte, Cal over Northwestern, and UCLA over San Diego. So I had Northwestern over California. Okay. And I think that's it, because I also had Dartmouth over Providence. Okay. I mean, I feel like that side of the bracket has a lot more potential for upset, though. I feel like there's teams out there that that has showed well recently and are in good form. Coastal Carolina over Clemson wouldn't surprise me either. Didn't were you the one that picked possibly Furman over Washington? No. No, I would not disrespect Washington at that point. I think my big upset was just Dartmouth over Providence. I, I Washington I know they haven't played well recently, but I feel like it's just a matter of getting Darwin Jones, their senior forward who's gonna sign with the Seattle Sounders as soon as the season ends. Mm-hmm. Getting him healthy. He's been battling injuries all season and as soon as he's healthy it's going to be really hard for defenses to slow down Washington he's an incredibly fast player who's able to sneak in behind the defense and pressure roll down their midfielder who is likely going to sign a generation Adidas contract and move on to MLS as well he needs that sort of weapon in front of him he needs that potential to play the ball over the top and get players in so I think Washington's going to use a lot of this break to just get healthy, and I think you'll see a much better Washington team in the NCAA tournament. Okay. I think it was Travis, actually, that picked that upset uh, when I yeah, read Yeah, let's, let's blame it on Travis. Washington fans, please send your hate mail to Travis Clark. <laughs> All right. We can, we, can, we can tell him that. There you go. All right. And then in the third round, so that would be the Sweet 16. We'll go on the left side of the bracket here. I feel like Notre Dame, Virginia, I feel like that's Notre Dame- Notre Dame's to take. I feel like their experience, Virginia is just not the same team as they were. They lost a lot of guys to transfer. They've lost some seniors, some some upperclassmen. I feel bad for Virginia. They, they had a good season, but it seems like every time they start to get a roll going, they run into Notre Dame, and it's just like, <laughs> it's just like game over at that point. They're just not built to beat Notre Dame. Notre Dame, it seems really easy for them to play against Virginia. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's just a confidence thing or if it's just the way the coaches match up against each other. But every single time Notre Dame meets up against Virginia, it seems like Notre Dame has a huge advantage this season. Syracuse, Georgetown. I have Syracuse advancing in that game. 
and I have Georgetown. And the reason I have Georgetown is I, I think Josh Yarrow is the big difference maker here. He's the center back for Georgetown. He's a sophomore, but he's, he's the type of player who basically can erase any type of mistake. I, I think Georgetown is, is a good team. They're not quite as good as they were last year or even two years ago. But I think Georgetown has enough to maybe knock off Syracuse at this point. I think Syracuse is maybe a season or two away. I think Syracuse has shown well this season and they've exceeded some expectations, but I don't think they're equipped for a long NCAA run at this point. Well, like you said, good goalkeeper can take you very far. Even with Alex Bono in goal, you don't think Syracuse can do it? I think they have a, a lot of potential to do it. I, I just, I'm just not a huge believer in them going on the road and winning an NCAA tournament at this point. But that said, like you mentioned, Alex Bono is capable of making superhuman saves and he could keep the Syracuse team, obviously, in this game and rolling right along through the NCAA tournament. Okay, and then between Indiana and Oregon State, it's in, in it's in Bloomington. You have to go with the Hoosiers because they play so well at home. Yeah. Even though this year their home record isn't quite as good, but they're still a tough team to play at home. So I have Indiana advancing. I, I think with Indiana's potential, I think it comes down to Jamie Bolmer. I think his long throwings are going to be a huge difference in the NCAA tournament. I mean, the Big Ten teams who are known to defend this sort of stuff and who have seen this stuff hundreds of times before still struggle to defend the long throwing from Indiana. And I think Indiana will take a huge advantage in those types of games because they have that sort of weapon on the sideline for them. And I guess an interesting matchup would be St. Louis-Maryland, but it's in College Park. See, both teams play very well at home, so it'd be interesting to see if they were on a neutral, on a neutral site. But I have Maryland advancing. Yeah, I do too. Uh, I think Maryland's just rolling right along right now. I think that team's in really good form, and I, I think it's going to be hard for anyone to knock them off. And then we'll go to the right side of the bracket. We have Michigan State, Washington. I have MSU winning. They played earlier in the preseason. It was very close. I I know you like Christian Roldan. Christian Roldan is a very good player. So is Darwin Jones. Their goalkeepers are very good. I just think weather comes into a factor. It's it's literally snowing here now, and I think by the time if they play by November 30th, it's going to be cold and snowy. And I don't know if Washington can go in an environment like that and beat Michigan State on a frozen field. I think it's that plus the travel, too. I mean, that's not an easy trip going from Seattle to East Lansing. That's, that's a lot of travel for a game that's going to be on a Sunday after Thanksgiving. So... I, I think that's a huge advantage for Michigan State. I, I think Michigan State is going to end up, I, I pencil them in into the next round, but I think it's going to be a close game, too. And then between Dartmouth and Stanford, is this an interesting matchup, like a potential upset, or is Stanford just too good for Dartmouth? I think Stanford has a huge complaint with the NCAA seeding selection committee for <laughs> where playing seeded at six, but I, I think Stanford should take this one. They, they, they have a lot of quality. Stanford's a very good team. That six seed's unfair to them. I honestly thought Stanford was going to get the one seed. I think they showed a lot this season. I think they've showed a lot over the last few weeks of how good they are. They're really built like a Big Ten team. They defend well. They have capabilities to score on set pieces. They have quality in the midfield, and they have a very talented forward and Jordan Morris, who will be roaring to go in the NCAA tournament. I think Stanford, being a six seed, might be overlooked a little bit, but I think Stanford's very good. I think they'll take care of Dartmouth pretty easily. Yeah, not to mention Jurgen Klinsman likes Jordan Morris, so there you go. <laughs> the next, uh, so I have Stanford advancing in that one, and then Clemson, UNC, at least for me, that can go either way. 
I guess just because UNC's turning turning experience, I picked UNC. But I wouldn't be surprised if Clemson could win. What do you have in this matchup? I think I had Charlotte advancing over North Carolina. Okay. <laughs> it's no I think problem. I forgot to mention. I think I forgot to mention that. You did. Yeah, yeah. I, I have. I have Charlotte moving on to the to the quarterfinal stage. Okay. I, I like Charlotte a lot. I thought Charlotte's game against Clemson was an interesting game. Charlotte had a lot of chances in that game, and the way they play was just putting a lot of pressure on the outside backs of teams to try to stop the wingers on the Charlotte teams. It makes it difficult on defenses, and I think Clemson struggled with it earlier this year, and there's no reason for me to believe Clemson's improved in that facet of their game. So I think Charlotte's going to end up moving on from there. Assuming Charlotte takes that Mm -hmm. stage of the tournament. Yes. Uh, You have Northwestern advancing. I have Cal. But I, we both have UCLA there. But I think no matter who UCLA runs into, Northwestern or Cal, I feel like UCLA advances to the quarterfinals. I agree with you, but I think UCLA would rather play Northwestern. UCLA's already played Cal twice, <laughs> and they've lost both of those games. And I mean, there's something to say. Just they were a little bit of fluky losses, mm-hmm. but. It's also California matches up well against UCLA. So I think UCLA would much rather see Northwestern at that stage. And then our quarterfinals, so we'll go to the right side. I have Notre Dame-Syracuse. You had Notre Dame-Georgetown. I picked whoever played them would get the upset. I I feel like Notre Dame isn't the team that they were last year. I went to South Bend, and I saw Michigan State play them. They look a little lost offensively. Patrick O'Dan's good. Evan Pankin's good. But I feel like they just don't have that Harrison ship that they had last year who would somehow find a way to score that, that goal that they always needed. Yeah, I completely agree. I, 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 I'm right there with you. I think Syracuse or George Sandler, everyone's back in, is probably going to be the semifinalist on that side of the bracket. I, I feel really good about those two teams. I feel really good about the way those two teams are built. And the same, the same things you mentioned about Notre Dame are the reasons why I could see them getting knocked off at that stage. So I have... I have Syracuse winning for mine to the final to the College Cup. The Big Ten tur- uh, uh, tourney matchup uh, for the championship game: Indiana, Maryland. It's going to be played in College Park. Indiana's played there before. Is it going to be a closer one this time, or is Maryland just because? I would assume at this point, if they made it this far, they're on that one. They're on that so many game winning streak. Yeah, I, I, it's just Maryland. Just feels like that team that's always built for the NCAA tournament, or built to go on a long run. I feel like the coaching staff does such a great job with improving those teams over the course of the season. And Indiana probably got a rough draw on the fact they have to face Maryland again if they reach this stage. I I feel like Maryland's going to win it. I maybe it's a little bit closer, but I just don't. I don't think Indiana's going to push Maryland enough to really take that game. So then, in the other side of the corner finals, we have on the right side MSU Stanford. It's going to be played in East Lansing. Again, like what I said before, Stanford, California, very nice warm weather. Come to Michigan on December 5th or 6th. It's probably going to be snowing. It's probably going to be 20 degrees and very windy. Can Stanford come in here and beat Michigan State in the cold? Man, that sounds miserable. (laughs) Uh, I I think Stanford could. I I think my biggest question mark with Stanford is their goalkeeper. Uh, like we've said uh, numerous times before, a lot of uh, NCAA tournament and conference tournaments comes down to having a good goalkeeper. And I'm not entirely sure Stanford's goalkeeper has been pushed enough this season because he has a good defense in front of him. And Stanford also relies on a couple of freshmen, and playing freshmen in these types of situations could lead to bad results. But I think Stanford's just so well-coached and so well-equipped to handle these 
these difficult environments that I, I think Stanford's talent levels is a little bit above that of Michigan State. I just have Michigan State only because of the weather factor. I think if this was in California, I easily Stanford wins, or if it was on a neutral site somewhere where it's not twenty degrees and with below zero wind chill and snow and everything, I would say you know Stanford wins. But I'm going to say MSU wins this one, and then you have. I believe you picked Clemson against UCLA, so I have UNC UCLA, but I think both of them are just UCLA is going to win. Yeah, I actually have Charlotte against UCLA. Oh, but Charlotte, I, yeah. It, yeah. Does, it doesn't really matter at the end because I think UCLA is going to win. Mm-hmm. I think UCLA has a lot of talent. They have a lot of potential to get better during the NCAA tournament. Their star freshman is, is back from injury, and he should be playing a full game on I believe, when they play on Sunday. So I think you'll see a little bit different of a UCLA team. I think they'll continue to get better as the, as the NCAA tournament progresses. Okay. Then we'll just move to the finals here. Okay, who do you have in the final game and your, and your overall champion? So I have Maryland against UCLA in the final game, and I have UCLA winning the championship. I, I, just, I feel like from what we've seen over the last few months, it's setting up for Maryland to advance this far. I think UCLA has the potential to be the best team in the country. So I'm sort of betting a little bit on the potential of UCLA reaching what they show on paper. I have UCLA over MSU, and then Maryland-Syracuse. For some reason, ACC-Syracuse, good goalkeeper. I, I have Syracuse and UCLA playing in the finals, and then I have UCLA winning it all. I mean, I'm sure the Syracuse fans love you for that. <laughs> I mean, could you see that as a possibility? I could. I, I love the Syracuse keeper. Yeah, I think his time in college is coming short. I wouldn't be surprised to see him end up as a generation Adidas prospect at the end of this season. So I, I like the I like what the Syracuse coaches have done too, and I think that team's built for an NCAA tournament run. It's, they have a strong defense. Uh, they have a decent enough attack that can score goals at opportune times. So I could see Syracuse making that. Like we've talked about, that bracket's a little bit tough. The, the one with uh, Georgetown and Notre Dame and Syracuse and Virginia. There's a lot of ACC teams in that just little region there. So it, it's a, it's going to be a battle for whoever comes out of there. And I, I think Syracuse, Georgetown, Notre Dame, they're, they're all capable of exceeding expectations and sneaking out of that side of the bracket. Yeah, somehow the ACC always finds it in the championship game, so who knows? <laughs> this is very true. Yes. That's all for today. That was J.R. Eskelson from TopDoorSoccer.com, a reporter. Good to have you on, J.R., and hopefully we can, um, as the tourney goes, we can do a little more podcasts and uh, talk about the games. Thanks, Bert. I look forward to it. Thank you. Have a good day. Uh-huh. Bye. Bye.